Over the next month, I searched 14 boring planets across 11 boring star systems. I had almost given up the search when I finally found danger. It was less adrenaline-pumping thrill and more, I hope they don't blow up my ship. Plasma bolts slammed into my ship's shields, which flickered a pale green. Moonfall was a scout frigate, made for speed on long subspace runs, not for tanking military-grade firepower. Lights on the console flared, warning me that I had only a shot or two left before the shields went down. I thumbed the local subline channel. Repeat, I am not a Dornoth scout. This is a civilian vessel with no cargo. I knew they wouldn't believe me, but my spirit still brightened when my speakers hissed to life. If they were willing to open dialogue, maybe I could talk my way out of this. The voice from the other ship was deep and growling and surprisingly eloquent, as was typical for most Karoshans. Open your shields for boring and prepare for genetic scan. Resistance will be met with annihilation. I'd be happy to lower my shields if you'd stop shooting me, I said. Another shot against the shields rattled me in my seat. A genetic scan would be very inconvenient for me. How would you feel about a bribe? A pair of squarish black corrosion fighters swirled around me. They added more yellow-white bolts to the attack, which were the last the shields could take. The shields crackled and folded, the monitor showing them at zero percent. I braced myself for further impact, but none came. That was a relief. Moonfall's armor was in a class that the salesman had compared to tinfoil. The ship's weapons were formidable for its size, though my plasma cannons were still warped after the battle at the Iron Hive, but I hadn't fired a shot. That would only make things worse. A Karoshan battlecruiser loomed over me, blocking the light of the nearest star. Like every other ship built on Karosha, it was blocky, black, and bristling with guns. Not only that, but a standard cruiser came with a squad of four to six starfighters. Two such hovered in front of me, visible through the viewport, weapons hot and waiting for any signs of resistance. Two more circled their cruiser in a defensive formation, in case I had a fleet in my back pocket, I guess. For one scout frigate, this response was obscene overkill. I activated the subline channel again. If you'll accept a video transmission, I'll prove to you I'm not a lichborn. Please don't- Moonfall shook and echoed with a metallic screech as clamps latched onto the ship, locking in place for boarding. Damage the hull, I finished pointlessly. If they were going to board, I had really been hoping they would use magic. For one thing, magic wouldn't break my cargo bay doors. Those were expensive. The corrosion voice came through the speakers again. No video required. I will inspect you myself. I advise you not to bear weapons. You will be forced to test them against my own. His confidence was understandable. Corrosions were superior to humans in virtually every respect. I'd much rather keep it friendly, I responded, but once again they ignored me. Metal clanged, ringing my ship like a bell. I drummed my fingers on the console and wondered if it was worthwhile to continue trying to talk. I really didn't want them to blow up my ship. I had been flying fully armed in case I had to make a hasty exit, which meant I now had to disarm for any chance at a friendly negotiation. I pulled out my wand and placed it on a metal shelf, though it buzzed and shone bright blue in irritation. My lightcaster pistol went next to it. Though I knew I had to leave the weapons behind, I felt like I was abandoning my own limbs. As one of my mentors had said, to survive in this galaxy, you need a wand in one hand and a gun in the other. Although, come to think of it, she'd been shot to death by Karoshan soldiers, during an inspection very much like this one. I patted myself down to see if I was carrying anything else they might take for a weapon. 
All I had on was a gray flight suit and blue mantle. I flipped the hood down but kept the mantle on. There was no way I was going into a potential gunfight without its protection. For the same reason, I left my levitation ring behind but kept my shield amulet on. It would be too embarrassing to lose my last life to a random shot fighting over nothing. There wasn't much to Moonfall besides the bridge. Quarters for four crewmen, or eight if they wanted a double bunk. Not much chance of that, since I traveled alone. I had filled one of the quarters with magical plants, and the others were mostly boxes of junk. I also had one central multi-purpose room complete with a kitchen unit, one largely empty cargo hold, and the engine room. Other than some subsystems and minor nooks and crannies, that was it. The boarding party would be able to search the whole ship in minutes. Fortunately for me, they had properly latched onto the frame of my cargo bay doors. For a corrosion boarding party, that should be counted as polite. They hadn't started melting their way through the door yet, which meant they intended to pry the doors apart. I appreciated that, too. Clearly, they meant to keep me intact, so at least we agreed on that. But the clamps would leave a mark, and my doors would need repair after they were forced open. With that in mind, I dashed to the console and swiped the cargo door access. The doors hissed apart, revealing a kneeling, helmeted corrosion holding a mechanical device that resembled a battering ram with a pair of mechanical hands on the end. I got that for you, I said, with what I hoped was a charming smile. The one in charge of breaching the doors fell back, and two of the others marched forward, carrying rifles trained on me. Hands up, one ordered. The voice was distorted through helmet speakers. There were four troops here, all helmeted and anonymous, though they were clearly corrosion. They were nine feet tall, for one thing, looming over me and every other human in the universe. Their hair ran from the backs of their helmets in cable-fixed strands, each shining brightly like lit neon. The one closest to me had hair cables of shining pink and his partner shining green. They could tell each other apart by the color, and the helmets were still airtight. The fashion of leaving their hair out had great traditional significance on Karosha. Belatedly, I remembered to stick my hands in the air. Once they had finished securing me, meaning four giant corrosions had surrounded me with rifles raised, they called in their commander. He strode in from the red-lit hallway of his own ship, hands clasped behind him. He wore a uniform rather than a helmeted combat suit. His skin was a dull, leathery red, and his hair cables shone bright crimson. One sharp eye scanned me up and down. The other eye, like the entire left half of the man's face, had been replaced by machinery. It looked like a mechanical spider had latched over one side of his head. That eye shone blue and scanned me much more deeply. On my wrist, my console blinked a warning. It transmitted into my ocular implant, showing the details so that only I could see. ID request incoming. I allowed it. A digital model of me floated in the air, complete with a fabricated name. Julian Derrimore, the corrosion commander read. Journalist specializing in interplanetary journalism. Should I be pleased to meet you, Julian? It's a fake identity, I said. The commander rolled his neck as though the cybernetic half pained him. I think you may have misunderstood the purpose of a false ID. It's not meant for you. I'm always happy to cooperate with the throne of Karosha. Hmm. Meant for whom, then? Would you be offended if I didn't say? That depends. If this isn't you, the commander waved a hand and dismissed the digital image. Then who are you, exactly? Not a lichborn, I gestured to myself. 
100% pure homegrown living human. The hair, the eyes, one might mistake you for an April. My parents would be pleased to hear you say so. It's purely cosmetic. In some places, silver hair and eyes had made me stand out as rich enough to afford genetic modification, as my family had intended. In others, they hadn't stood out at all. At the corner of my vision, an alert warned that I was being scanned by another of the men, who turned as though speaking to the commander. I heard nothing, as the helmeted man's words had been transmitted on a private channel. One of the commander's hairless eyebrows went up at whatever he heard. We don't have you in our ship's database, stranger. They were looking for something. Not showing up in their database was normal. Why would they have up-to-date knowledge of millions of human ship IDs? However, I was technically flying through their territory, so I played it cool. Sorry, but I'm trying to stay off the scanner. Just passing through. If I let anyone pass through just because they were human, the Lichborn would begin hiring human smugglers. I prefer you give us your honest identity, but fortunately for both of us, I brought an alternative. Another helmeted corrosion hurried from their ship, this time carrying a shining box. Its metallic corners were rounded, its facets transparent, and within there were a thousand flashing lights in many shades of blue. It resembled a storm of sapphire lasers. I began to sweat. This far from inhabited planets, it was almost impossible to get decent subline access. If I wasn't in their ship's database, they would have no way of figuring out who I was. This, however, was high-grade aether tech, probably a masterwork, a materialized miracle. It had no such limitations as range. I didn't know whether this one was a scanner or a subline terminal. Either way, they were about to tear through my disguise. And there was another, more immediate problem. Masterwork Aethertech was insanely valuable. They wouldn't let word of its existence reach the Lichborn. They weren't letting me leave. I pointed to the shining box. Are you allowed to show me that? Why not? The commander asked innocently. You wouldn't tell anyone, would you? It gave me a wide smile. So, this was going to be the adrenaline-pumping kind of danger after all. My heart rate picked up, and I began mentally rifling through spells. Light passed from the box and swept over me while my console sent another warning into my vision. Still, I didn't cast anything. I was trying to stay off someone's scanner, but not theirs. I kept my voice low and calm. I'm sorry, I didn't explain myself well. Please shut it off, I beg you. Under the Aether's light, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. It was too late. A digital image flashed in the air. It was clean and modern, a V and an A merging together into a design that resembled a stylized bird of prey. Our company's motto floated beneath. Valinar. Everything for everyone. The helmeted figures shifted uncomfortably and glanced up for orders. The commander initially looked stunned, and then a moment later lit up like he'd just been gifted a planet. A son of the Valinar Corporation. I'm tempted to bow. Did you outpace your escort, Valinar? I let my left hand fall, but wiped my face with my right hand. I had taken a risk in leaving Galactic Union space. My father was one of the people I was trying to avoid, but now the Corrosions had tapped into their subline and found my identity. There would be a record of that. A record that the Valinar Corporation would discover in seconds if they hadn't already. Soon, Benry Valinar would know exactly where his son had been. But the corporation was only one of the organizations I was avoiding. 
the Galactic Union wouldn't be happy about me leaving their space, which was a headache I'd have to deal with eventually. Unfortunately, the Union wasn't the most dangerous fleet after me. I'm still happy to bribe you to leave me be, I said. You might be disappointed by the amount, though. I'm not with the corporation anymore, and my family won't pay a ransom. I hope you don't mind if I try that for myself, the commander said. He chuckled, as well he might. In his mind, he just found a treasure chest floating unclaimed through space. Why don't you join us on our ship, Mr. Valinar? You will be treated to our finest accommodation, I assure you. I considered it. First, I was worried about leaving my gear. Most of it was irreplaceable. But after a moment, I decided to go with it. I nodded and started walking onto the corrosion ship. Having to recover my wand, staff, and ship from lockdown or the vacuum of space was far from the worst-case scenario. My full identity was still secret, and I hadn't done anything to attract attention. Eventually, I might find a way out of this. Wait a moment, one of the corrosions said aloud, and I shut my eyes. We were approaching the worst-case scenario. The commander leaned over the terminal of the Aethertech scanner. They didn't share the data with me, of course, but I could imagine what was happening. My imagination was helped by the soldier, who continued to talk over the speaker instead of using a private channel. We have several subline news articles about an archmage of Varric Valinar in our registry, but I found no personal records beyond that. I would be surprised if you had, the commander said. He would believe that the Valinars could afford to hide any number of secrets from the public sublines. And that belief would be correct. However, if they searched a little deeper... Yes, sir, the soldier went on. Well, then I checked the scanner itself. You should see what it's telling me. I sent a mental command to my console. All right, hack it. There would be no hacking the scanner. It was Aether Tech. But the soldier's helmet was standard corrosion infantry issue, while the processor in my console was the best the Valinar Corporation could produce. I broke through his security in seconds, and then I could see everything he did. My three-dimensional image was now accompanied by much more information. Varric Valinar. Species, human. Age, error. Physical traits, silver eyes, modified. Silver hair, modified. Planet of residence, error. Personal history, error. The commander looked into the air, where he was seeing the same thing I was. Would you mind telling me why your age comes up as an error in my scanner, Varric? I've never seen Aethertake make an error before, you see. Multiple contradictory results, I told him. The device doesn't know which is correct. Do you? They're all correct. I looked down to the soldier punching keys on the scanner. Just stop what you're doing. Stop. One second and I'll explain. The commander snorted. That sounds like an or- the soldier finally checked the scanner's assessment of my estimated threat level. I had been hoping he wouldn't do that. The soldier's helmet was consumed by flashing red text. Since I was tapping into his feed, I saw the same thing. Warning. Fleet class threat. Emergency response required on contact. Do not engage. I laced my fingers together and stretched. I really didn't expect you to have decent aether tech. I would have handled this differently. Four corrosion rifles were already trained on me. The commander pulled a gun from a holster at his side. Sized for his species, the weapon was bigger than my face. Hands up, the commander roared. Up, get him up. I gave him a skeptical look. Listen, I'm trying not to hurt anybody, but I'm going to need you to scrub the navigational data on your ship. Personal devices, too. Fire! 
Plasma rifles roared in the cargo bay. My shield amulet flashed. Four globes of plasma, fired from the rifles, stopped in midair a foot from my body. The shining, superheated balls were held in place by golden ripples in the air. The energy in the amulet depleted from holding the plasma blasts in place, but not by much. The amulet had better performance than Moonfall's shields did. I pointed to the plasma bolts. Normally, these would have bounced off my shield. I stopped that from happening. You're welcome. The commander's pistol roared, and soon a sparking slug was floating in a golden field next to the plasma bolts. Did you not see the warning? I asked, irritated. Do not engage. This is engaging. Having seen that the projectiles were stopped, the commander lifted a wand instead. It looked more like a club, longer than my forearm, and made of bones that looked as though they had been braided together somehow. The corrosion spoke a slithering trigger word that echoed in the aether, and a bloody serpent made from crimson light erupted from the tip of his wand. I held up a hand. It wasn't a bad spell. I'd give him a passing grade in one of my classes. The wand brought it forth faster than the commander could cast unaided. This spell evoked a constricting serpent. It was a live-binding spell, flexible and adaptable, intended to make a prisoner of virtually any target. I knew the spell in an instant. It was as easy as reading a single digit. And with a wave of my hand, I turned it around. The world went black and white for a moment, and reality seemed to glitch. Then the red serpent was lunging back toward the wand instead. The corrosion commander was bound by a nest of writhing red serpents composed of aethers so dense that the reptiles looked real. I nodded to him. I appreciate that you used a non-lethal spell, though you did try to shoot me. Give me a countdown, I silently ordered my console. Mental commands were harder to send and less accurate than inputting commands physically, but of course the soldiers wouldn't let me tap away at a screen while they had me under guard. A two-minute timer appeared on the device strapped to my wrist. Two minutes was only an estimate, but it should be accurate enough. In two minutes, I had to be out of here. The corrosion soldiers were pulling their commander away as their plasma bolts were slowly eroded in midair by my magic. Stop, I ordered, and they did. I don't have much time, so answer quickly. What are you looking for? The commander grunted, struggling against the crimson snakes binding him, and forced his way up to a sitting position. We're looking for a fugitive. We have reason to suspect this person may be hiding aboard a human ship. Who? I asked. His red organic eye and his blue cybernetic one were equally cold. I will not tell you that, even under threat of death. Fair enough. I didn't really care about corrosion criminals anyway. But I did nod to his wand. That's a nice wand. Where did you get it? I didn't recognize the wand itself, but any magical focus of its class was only assigned to commanders by the royal family, or their magical advisors, at least. The king regent authorized me to use this wand and granted me aether tech for my hunt. More than that, I cannot disclose. My mind was sent reeling. That disturbed me more than this random corrosion commander could have possibly known. The king regent, I asked. What happened to Queen Shyrax? The commander glared at me in a way I found difficult to interpret. You don't keep up with the news. I can't make complex movements without my levitation ring, but I'm still capable of basic etheric manipulation. I seized the man with telekinesis and hauled him over. The soldiers shouted, but the commander flew to me like a slab of meat launched from a catapult. I caught the ten-foot corrosion with both hands. And liberal support from telekinesis. The man was heavy. 
tell me, I demanded. My console ticked down to a minute and a half. She was deposed, the commander answered, convicted by the Dragon Court of high treachery and imprisoned about eight months ago. This was on the Union subline, I'm certain. He seemed more curious than afraid, if I read him correctly, peering into me with his one natural eye as though trying to see the truth of my soul. My world was spinning, and I'm sure I did a bad job of hiding it. I shoved him away, and two soldiers caught him. It was hard to support so much weight without my levitation ring, but I wasn't thinking about the strain. My fifth life had been spent as an advisor to Queen Shyrax's royal guard. She should have stayed in power years longer than this, even in the worst-case scenario. Something had gone wrong. I remembered being crushed by a corrosion mage, literally crushed alive beneath a magical weight I couldn't overcome. That fate loomed over me again. Go, I said absently. Get off my ship. There were still thirty seconds left on my timer when they fled. I could have demanded they leave the Aether Tech behind, but I didn't. Having the Corrosion Empire on me for theft of military property wouldn't help anything. My mind was still churning, but my body was on autopilot. I climbed back into the cockpit and took my seat, dimly aware of the Corrosions pulling off to a safe distance for a dive into subspace. Now the Corrosions had made open requests for my identity and information. The Valinor Corporation would have intercepted those requests, but they weren't the only ones looking for me. Ten seconds left on my timer. Plenty of time left, I said aloud, which was my mistake. I should have kept my mouth shut. Just as the corrosion ships left, there came a multicolored twist in space, a subspace distortion. That distortion spat out two silvery wedges covered in shell-like insect carapace. Hunter ships. The Iron Legion had found me.